Welcome to Intuition, Your First Sense. This is Vicki Baird, and I welcome you back. If you're new to the episodes, I'm so grateful that you stopped by to see what this is all about and to be part of the community. It's very exciting for me. This episode, I'm going to talk about soul groups and how that relates to family dynamics. And for most of us, we're not going to get out of this lifetime without some family dynamics. So I hope this will be helpful to you as it was to me when I first learned about them. So please feel free to subscribe, leave a review, a comment. You can do an audio review or question, and it could be part of an episode coming up if you give permission. And do that through the Anchor app. Thank you. VickiBear.com It's time to be your best It's time to reconnect With your first sense Trust in your gut It's the real thing Let's see what your future brings Time to let the fun commence Intuition, your first sense So this week is going to be a lot of information. And I hope that you let it soak in, maybe see where it happens in your and where it applies in your own life and start to appreciate your soul for its knowledge and the people that are in your life. This week is about soul groups. And the reason that's exciting for me is because it encompasses our eternal self, our soul self, with what you have going on in your daily life and your activity and your process of being a human and evolving and all of that that's involved in that. So soul groups are exactly what they sound like. They're a group of people that your soul is familiar with and you have traveled with in other lifetimes so that there's a familiarity. You recognize these energies. And we tend to have those in our lives that repeat. So your parents, your children, um, your significant others, you can pretty much guarantee they are part of a soul group that you have traveled with before. One night stands don't count. Don't try to pull them into your soulmate category. That's not true. So, but if you have a, a sibling, they are definitely ones you've traveled with before because they're the greatest teachers, right? Of how to uh, maybe hold your tongue or how to be in this human element. So, these groups form, and yes, eventually we branch out and we have more and more people that are coming into our our soul group, and especially the more mobile we become and the more we connect uh, technologically because someone does not need to be in your physical presence to be a member of your soul group. And you may find that there's someone in your life that is a challenge beyond believability sometimes <laughs> where you're like, why am I still dancing with this person? Well, there's a lesson, a message, um, an expansion desired from your soul and from the other person's soul. It's not going to be the same 
uh, intention because they have their own process going and you have your own process going. But perhaps the interaction between the two helps you to grow and maybe it helps you to stand your ground. So each lifetime, when you come, before you come through, we do choose our parents. So there, or we choose, and we choose our delivery method. So if you are someone who has been adopted, or if you are within the same family, but someone else raised you, um, you know, say your grandparents raised you, we choose a delivery method in which to get here, and yes, that's a contract between the the humans creating the soul as well as the soul coming in. And but you don't need to necessarily be raised by the delivery method uh, in order to complete a contract. So there are all these levels of intelligence that's there on the soul level of understanding that our human self, it doesn't always get. And I feel like it's important for me to share whatever knowledge I have about this so that maybe you can come to some appreciation of the journey that you're on. And maybe you can lighten up a little bit about some of these relationships that you've had that didn't end up in the way that you wanted them to, or you thought they were going to, but you can appreciate that you had to go through the process for some reason or another. I do think it's important to try to factor that out, to, to try to understand what the heck was I thinking as a soul, and what can I learn from this? And you know my line by now, what can I learn from it, and can I learn it by 8 o'clock tonight so that we can move through and you know move on to the next one. So when you interact or have the benefit of connecting with a soul group member outside of those that were presented to you in sibling form or in your parents because they were kind of ready-made for you. You didn't have to do any effort there. They were presented for you. When you have an interaction with someone from your soul group, it often feels like, where do I know you from? And you'll see people do the dialogue where they're like, is it the gym? Did we work together? Do our kids know each other? Um, did you go to this school? Or were you part of that uh, organization? And people try to factor it out because they want something literal to hang their connection on, when in fact, it could be that this person is coming in as part of your soul group because it's expanding. And to me, that's exciting. I have often said that I believe our, um, our biological and our, our families of origin are to help us learn the lessons and our soul groups are help us to help us get us through those lessons <laughs> because you do get to choose who you want to hang out with once you're an adult. So... The soul level knowing is there if you allow yourself to tap into it, and you often will feel a magnetism towards somebody that's in your soul group, and it won't make sense. It might 
never makes sense except to come to the place of acceptance that, oh, soul group, this is pretty cool. So once you have this knowing, it gives you another level of appreciation, I hope, for the eternal process that we are in. Um, the soul groups and soul group members are not always a lit up, this is wonderful, I adore you kind of traveling experiences. Often they are and can be contentious. It depends on what we bring to it as well. And I believe with the knowing that this could be a soul group thing, I've had short, very short interactions with people feeling like, oh, this is on a soul level, and let me see how quickly I can wrap this up on a human level, because all I have to do is know my part of it. I don't have to be responsible for their learning. Um, I have to be kind about it, but you can also be firm in the, no, I'd really rather not hang out anymore because I figured out why you're in my circle, <laughs> and I'm learning how to have boundaries, or I'm learning how not to act in that way anymore and you act like that and I don't want to so gotta go so it's not always going to look like a Hallmark movie there's uh, a lot of uh, talk in the if you ever read how to find your ideal partner or locate your love connection or any of that people there's a lot of words about soulmate and my suggestion to people is that they not connect with a soulmate as an intimate partner because a soulmate is someone who agreed and you agreed with on the other side to have a challenging relationship so that it escalates your learning process because as humans, we haven't learned that we can learn to be redundant through love yet. We haven't learned that we can see someone and say, no, thank you, and walk away and have learned a lesson. We tend to get in the ring and want to, you know, battle it out. So a soulmate is often that person who is going to help you learn and expand. And it may be through a, uh, can even be through an angry uh, experience. So be present to who you're with, who you're meeting with, um, and those new interactions because it can go either way. And I think if you're if you're aware of this dynamic that, we don't just pass through each other's lives once. There's a kind of a revolving door on the soul level where someone will come out as you've gone in and you might not directly interact with them, but oh, here they come about five years later in your life. Maybe in a previous life, your parent was your child and you've wondered all your life why you are the one taking care of them. Like, why does it always seem like they're the immature one? Why do I have to be the mature one here? What's going on? And are they ever going to get it together and be my parent? Well, there's a somewhat contract, and this is very loose because it would be dependent on what your individual relationship is. But there's a contract there, perhaps, for you to arrive at a place where you're no longer everybody's caretaker, 
And you're willing to say, well, I recognize that in this lifetime, you are my adult. Now, be mindful of who you say this to directly, because <laughs> not everybody's there yet in understanding that we travel around together in multiple times. And uh, it may discount the growth you've done to lead with, well, in a previous lifetime, you were this and I was this, and this is why I can't put up with you anymore. No, you simply say, it seems to me that in this lifetime, in this time we're in right now, um, I would like to focus on myself and my own growth and however it comes about in the conversation. But it happens a lot where I'll see someone repeating patterns from previous lifetimes. And that's up to you to pay attention to the relationships that are in your lifetime, in, in your life right now. And what are you frustrated with? Because if you're frustrated with it, that is your soul tapping you on your head going, can we get the human part involved? I could use some logic here. Because the human part has to be the one that says, um, okay, we've had this dynamic of codependency or you being so dependent on me and I'm still trying to get you to be my parent and that's evidently not going to happen in this lifetime. I need to become uh, truthful with myself and you know, maybe I seek a mentor somewhere else. Maybe I, I look to a, a group that provides that sense of support rather than trying to find it in the soul who is here maybe to learn their own independence. And you can be a teacher to them by saying, no, thank you. I'm stopping this dynamic right here, right now. This does not mean that you have to leave somebody's life. It doesn't mean that you have, you cut off all ties. It simply means you use the, the education of your soul to say, this feels very familiar and I'm a little exhausted by it and I choose to shift this. So um, the soul groups, when you are interacting with someone, it's helpful to remember that they're bringing along their anthology too. You know, they're bringing along whatever they've experienced non-physically and if they're not aware of it, that's fine. But for me, it helps me to interact with those in my, you know, my intimate soul group and not take it personally when they're trying to act out messages and lessons that we agreed on the soul level to learn. So that took a long time to get. I'm still working it. Uh, and in all likelihood, in all my experiences, will continue to work it. So in this uh, process, it can bring along a desire to be uh, completely alone and not engage anymore in the, uh, in the dynamics. But please don't do that because... It, life is so much fun with other people in it. And uh, when we come back, we're going to take a short break right now so you can digest a little bit of what just dropped in your lap. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about how to recognize someone as being in your soul group, how to work with this, and then how to be a, an expansive member of your own group. 
if you're listening to this podcast, it's because of Anchor. Anchor is an app that literally makes this podcasting experience so easy. It's free and there is a creation tool right inside the app and it'll send it out to all the platforms for you. It has made this process seamless and something that actually helped me to really be excited about getting all the shows out to you because it didn't take a whole new degree in technology. So feel free to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started on your own podcast and let me know what it is so I can listen to it. So welcome back. How's your head doing? Is that a lot of information? I find when I'm talking with someone one-on-one about this, you can almost see the eyes start to roll as they're trying to process, wait a minute, I did this before and I said I wanted to learn this. What? It's like thinking you've lost your flipping mind. Well, maybe, but um, it just makes so much sense when I... uh, feel when I interact and I I explain this to someone you can feel them go oh you know because a lot of the times the relationships that have been the the most toxic in our environment some of us will keep going to to try to make it work to try to make it better to to really turn over every stone possible and then if you realize wait a minute I'm not responsible for the other person's level of growth in their soul and maybe they're someone who hasn't done as many lifetimes and they're still learning up the chakra chain um I think it helps to relieve a certain level of I have to get this right so Have you ever connected with someone who it's just easy to be with them from the beginning? It's funny. There's humor. um, You you speak the same language. And I'm not talking about dialects, but as much as a soul language. The things, your humor, (laughs) offbeat as it must be to be in my world, um, it it just connects. That is a soul member. That is a soul group member. That is someone who knows your essence. And you feel, often will feel energized. And this is the, you know, the other side of the proverbial coin, where there's ones that challenge us and are a little bit more difficult. There are also ones that thankfully light us up. And if we're willing to participate in it, we light them up as well. So the a good indication of someone who is in your soul group and perhaps you've already worked some of this stuff out with is that they'll um, you'll feel energized together hours will go by and you'll think, oh, geez, um, we were only going to talk for half an hour and it's been three. (laughs) So that experience is something to enter into your database to say, okay, let me see what else is here and how we can both help each other, how we can both um, bring more out into the world by feeling that support, by feeling like somebody actually gets you because that's it's significant a lot of the times those that are in our soul groups that are um 
like or lit up. They'll reflect and help you live your best qualities. Now, that's not by fluffing your skirts and saying you're all that and, oh, I love you, girl, and you're the best thing ever, and it's not really true. Um, You know, it can come through, wait a minute, you said you were going to rest more. Wait a minute, um, get your butt down here. I'm here to meet you for a run (laughs) or something. Um, Or why are you hanging out with that person when you said you didn't want to anymore? All of those were examples of where the person heard you. They heard what you wanted. They weren't telling you what to do. They were reflecting back to you what you've said you would like to have in your life, and they're doing it because they're reminding you you're worth it. And that is a soul-level partner that is priceless, if you ask me, Um, because you need honesty. You don't want someone just telling you all that all the time because it can be fake, and then that would be ego. Um, they'll challenge you. They'll definitely challenge you to be your best self, um, to create uh, an offering to the world that goes out exponentially. Soul groups can be those that get together that um, change legislation, that connect and that uh, bring about uh, growth in areas of our education and of our acceptance, uh, soul groups that get together because a certain uh, uh, population is not being seen as equal and, and they, you know, trumpet the cause for them and they get behind it. Those are soul groups. Those are people who agreed on the other side to shift some stuff when they got here. And you can usually see it in their eyes. Uh, they don't back down. <laughs> And they'll connect on a level that is more than this is just something that needs to be done. It's in the essence of of who they are. That's a soul group, too. So you can travel with these um, people in not just your personal life, but in your work endeavors, in where do you volunteer, uh, who do you support, and where do you get the word out about something that's going to be helpful. There's the ability to connect to your soul group is is important. Um, authenticity is key. So uh, sometimes I'll hear that people will say to me, um, well, Vicki, I haven't found my soul group. I, I promise you, you have. Because if you even talk to one human today, you found somebody in your soul group. So you can have a 30-second interaction with somebody in the grocery store and it was impactful. I promise you that person was part of your soul group. Start having a little bit more reverence for this life instead of just running through it from point A to point B. And you'll see this. And you can also start to attract your soul group by being mindful of your own soul, of paying attention to, well, What's my contribution? And if you want to go that far, what's my legacy of energy? Not what am I going to be remembered for what I did, but who I was and how I, how I talked to people. Most of the time in your soul group, you'll feel nourished. You'll feel like somebody actually cares. And for some of us, that's hard to let in. You know, it's hard to let other people contribute because maybe our initial soul group lesson in this lifetime was not one of support. 
maybe it was one of, you know, just conflict or constant fighting or feeling like you don't belong. Um, that can happen a lot if your soul is of a certain age and has been around the soul human physical, non-physical, physical, non-physical, physical, non-physical several hundred times. It can feel challenging to line up with that group that is supportive rather than the one that is all about the the challenging lessons. Um, one of the intentions I set for myself last year was, I truly believe I can learn through love. Let me learn through supportive experiences. And as a human, I am having a heck of a time letting that in. And it's something that I'm challenged with. And I feel like if I'm not honest with you, I'm blowing smoke here. <laughs> so I'll let you know that it's it's can be difficult to know this stuff and allow it to happen. So it's not like you flip a switch and it's magic that happens and you no longer bump up against any kind of learning curve. Of course, there's going to be one there because that's where expansion happens. So um, a lot of the times you'll see in the supportive groups or that person you click with, hopefully it's in your partnerships as well, that they have a similar life experience. They can they may not have had identical background, but they can empathize because they've been in experiences that feel the same. It may not be the same childhood or the same ex or anything like that in relationship, but they've had an experience where they can understand that you know, you're, you were hurt or you had to grow from something that was challenging. And they don't want to change your story or take over your story. They simply say, oh, I hear you <laughs> or been there. Um, that is something, if you experience that in another being, you need to pay attention and see how you can foster that relationship. Um, when it's challenging, it's going to be bringing up the areas you need to work on. So be grateful. When I find myself frustrated with someone else uh, or wanting to tell them what to do, that's usually a good indication for me. If I want to tell someone what to do rather than help or suggest, then I'm like, ooh, that's Vicky bumping into Vicky. So what's going on here? And I will ask myself, I'll, I'll take a nice deep breath and I'll say, okay, is this on the human level? Is this on the soul level? Is this, um, is this an expansion opportunity? I think everything's an expansion opportunity, but that doesn't mean that I want to do a thesis about everything. Sometimes I just want to say, oh, you know what? The person just rubs me the wrong way. I don't need to be part of their experience. But it will be... Um, you will be best serving yourself when those challenges show up. And especially if you hear yourself say, oh, that person gets on my nerves. Well, that's a good indication of you got something to work on there, buddy. So they, you can't, no one can push our buttons unless we have buttons. So if you look to where your buttons are, you could say, all right, that still annoys me. Let me see what I can do with that. And you may find that that's all that person was in your life for, and then they can exit, and you don't have to feel so sad about that. Um, 
be grateful. If you're grateful for the learning opportunities, they won't twist you inside inside out so much. There are a couple great books out there. Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian Weiss is a good, it's an oldie but a goodie that speaks to, uh, he's a psychiatrist, maybe, (laughs) psychologist. He's one of those psych guys um, who started out trying to help people through their trauma and taking them through meditations, and they ended up doing past life regressions, which no, I do not do. Do not ask me to do that. Um, But they take you, he took them through, and then he realized, wow, this stuff was really pertinent to what was going on what they were coming to him for, for therapy. And I like his book because he was very honest about the fact that he didn't believe it at first. And then there was so much data that he had to start believing it. And now he's one of the most renowned speakers on the subject because, as you can imagine, if your soul is this part of you that has traveled all these lifetimes with you, it brings its own level of knowledge and it brings its own level of experiences that are can be pretty deep in a cellular level and it helps to understand why we're interacting with these people over and over again um, and to help to understand what our participation is Um, another good book is journey of the souls by michael newton Um, and that one's more about the soul process and the different uh, experiences we have in and deciding to come back because we do make that decision each lifetime to come back again because we get excited about this human school that we're in, this this ability to learn um, how to expand ourselves because when you're in the soul place, there's no contrast. So there's not really anything asking you to grow or learn or expand. So the human place is where it's at. That's why A lot of the times people will say to me that um, my soul has all the knowledge and I I don't, we're just doing this human experience. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Your human is the brave part. You know, your soul is the part that says, I'd like to learn that. I'd like to experience it. And the human part is the part that says, all right, let's go. Let's see what I can do with this. (laughs) So if we start appreciating how brave our ego, how brave our physical self is, I feel like we could you know, close the gap there. And that's where the first sense and the five sense come together, because you start to appreciate all of them together and just have a much more expansive view of our process. So we're going to take another break because there's a lot of information here. And I would love for you to take a couple deep breaths When I come back, I'm going to talk about how to apply this with the people in your life right now. So welcome back. That was a lot of uh, factoring, I think, for your brain to try to create the different um, categories, maybe, of, whoa, I didn't know I was all that. And I made those decisions before I came here. Much more empowering, isn't it? to feel that you had a part of the meeting before you got here of what you would like to experience and how you would like to be in this world. And yes, there are all kinds of moving parts to being human, uh, but the fact that we have a say 
in it and we decided before we got here, I hope we'll help you feel like you have got some knowledge in there that maybe you're just not tapping into. So the family dynamic part of soul groups. And part of the reason I wanted to include this in here is because we do spend a lot of our time working through family issues and hopefully appreciating them uh, and being understanding of what that even means. So each lifetime, if we choose our parents, we have agreed to be part of whatever they wanted to learn too. We never choose abuse. So I'm sorry if some of you have been through the experience of that in your lifetime, um, in your childhood and everything. Your soul did not choose that. It did not choose to come in to learn forgiveness around the abuse or anything like that. Maybe it came in to learn forgiveness, but that's because you might have been a bit of a poop in a previous life. And you decided in this one you wanted to learn how to be much more open-hearted. But no one agrees to come in to abuse and no one agrees to be abused. It happens because of conditioning on the human level and some wiring and, yes, some um, uh, biochemical issues <laughs> that people have. Then, hey, we're still working out this human element. <laughs> you know, we're pretty young in our evolution. So family dynamics. Um, in choosing parents, I'll tell you from my experience, I had a wonderful conversation with my father when um, he had Alzheimer's, and I was, I don't know, I was in my 30s somewhere, and uh, maybe even late 30s, when he was going through his uh, later process in it. And uh, as a child, he, he beat me pretty regularly. And I had to work through that process. And sometimes I took the joking part of, well, I can do what I do because he knocked a few things loose. And then I realized, wait a minute, that's not really honoring me and the experience that I went through practically every Sunday of my life. So the process, well, until I was 16 and told him to knock it off. But um, the process of this, the conversation, I had started to learn about this soul travel thing where... I agreed to choose this experience with these two particular people who had their wonderful, wonderful qualities. They just didn't handle stress very well and um, were repeating patterns from their own childhood. And I uh, realized that if I, and I promised myself if I had the opportunity where there was some clarity in the moment, I was going to take it. And there happened to be one day where he, um, we used to take, a few of my siblings and I used to take turns um, being with him on the weekends, and I was there one weekend in my turn, and um, he had a moment of clarity. And if you've ever been with someone who experiences dementia, uh, those moments are, they're amazing. They're a little uh, freaky in the nature because you're just getting used to the fact that they're not there and then all of a sudden they're there and you're like your own brain goes what just happened here but thankfully I had had the foresight to say if I have a moment of clarity with him I am going to say what I need to say 
And I, it happened to come up, and we were having a conversation as a few of my other siblings were around, and my dad, who was thankfully still verbal at that time, said, oh, he would never hit any of his children. Now, obviously, he was working through something on his own soul level and probably his own guilt. And I thought, well, this is an opportunity to help him. It's an opportunity to help myself, and I'm taking it, man. So... Um, <laughs> my knees may knock, but I'm pretty brave. <laughs> so <laughs> I jumped in and I said to him, you did. You did hit me. You hit me a lot. And it was rough. And a couple of my other siblings were nearby and they like to be in a different world with this. And didn't maybe their experience was different, but they wanted me to placate him because they thought it would hurt. And I said, no, I'm helping his soul. And he looked at me at beautiful blue eyes and he looked straight at me. And I said, you did and that's not okay. And you need to learn to do it differently in the next lifetime. And I said to him, just so you know, I'm not picking you in the next lifetime. I am complete with this journey. You can be in my life as the bus driver or the hover driver or whatever we have at that time, but I'm not picking you as a father. And I had the, the gift he gave me in his clarity was to look right at me and say, I hear that. I understand that. And I, I agree. And I know he didn't necessarily agree to cleaning my clock. He didn't. But it didn't matter because in that moment, especially with someone who has dementia or Alzheimer's or something along those lines, they are in the other dimension. They are experiencing life in the non-physical already. That's why this realm is so confusing to them. And it's also why I never redirected him. I went with him wherever he wanted to go in his stories. Um, it's kind of fun, too. It helped repair some of the relationship, to be honest. But um, in that moment, I completed my contract with him directly. I obviously still had to do some work afterwards and and did and continue to. But um, in that moment, I could end the contract, the sole contract between us and needing, I don't need to choose him as a parent again. I certainly don't want to choose him as a partner again because he needs to do some more lifetimes and work on that stuff. And I need to clean up my vibration to figure out, well, what type of parent do I want to connect with in the next lifetime? So this soul process in, in understanding that he had an eternal soul, I had one too, um, it, it wasn't an accusatory meeting. It was a let's clear the deck meeting. And I think it helped him because it wasn't long after that that he um, did his transition. And I, I feel like the process, you know, people know that that stuff's in there. We all know what we're carrying where we weren't proud of ourselves, where we could have done something differently. And I think if we skirt around it, we're not helping the other person either. So... In this regard, if you look at your own unit and you see, okay, this is the dynamic between my mother, my brother, my my child, um, and you ask yourself, okay, what's my participation? What could my soul have wanted to learn? And this is where you use your intuition and you back out of that ego, right? You back out of the reaction, Um you might hear that you, well, you needed to learn that it's okay to say, I don't have to love you simply because we share DNA. I don't have to put up with the continued abuse 
simply because our family tree says I have to. I believe that part of the reason we're here is to be able to say to anyone that it's not resonating with me, it's not okay for me to be here, and it doesn't have to be okay with the other person. I think we have to take into consideration their feelings, but we don't have to put up with or change who we are for the sake of someone else. So, and that can heal the dynamic, not only with yourself, but in, you know, future relationships because we carry the energy forward. So it's important to be honest about where is your human family not serving you? And can you give yourself permission to place some distance there? And you know, maybe the infractions aren't so great that, you know, you could still get together with them at parties and things like that, and it's fine, but you choose your, um, the people you travel with in this lifetime to be that soul group, that soul family element that support you. You have to look at your part of it, too. If you're being a dink in the relationship, you need to change up your energy, too. So, um, this being able to speak and to hold your ground and to lovingly approach releasing uh, toxic relationships heals soul groups. And I believe it goes out exponentially. I believe it goes out into the universe and helps other people who may be going through a similar experience. And if you are willing to take the inventory within yourself to see if you're contributing to the toxicity and then remove whatever those behaviors are, if the toxicity still remains, then it's it's really something you owe yourself and your eternal self to work out. Um, that means that you need to take inventory of yourself so you can align with those that will help you to bring your most creative, loving, connective self out into this universe. Um, we are eternal. And I don't know about you, but do you want to repeat the patterns over and over and over again? I kind of like learning something and, and then going to the next level of it. Yes, it does expand. So by being able to say that to my father, it didn't change the fact that I've in subsequent years allowed other people to take advantage of me or my kindness or the fact that I was like, okay, you were just dealing with stress and excuse things away, which I no longer do, um, I'm happy to say. But that is a process that takes being willing to looking, look at where are you participating um, and, and what are you bringing to it. So your soul will continue to be eternal and granted, there are those of us that are a little bit more type A, even on the soul level, where we're like, what's the agenda? Okay, I got this. Let's just check that box and move forward. And there are others that may find it more challenging to accept responsibility, accountability, um, and to see the fun in it. But if this soul thing truly does continue on, and it does, then how can you this week, uh, this month, this year, 
continue to see truthfully the dynamics of relationships that you have with yourself, with others, with your pets. A soul mate can be that pain in the butt cat that you just can't get to stop scratching the end of the couch. Um, so, <laughs> which she started in her 15th year. She never did it before. <laughs> this is a particularly loving couch to this cat. They must have something they're working out. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, so, bring some fun into this. Like, ask yourself, why did I connect with that person? What could our uh, relationship be? And how can we best um, exemplify it? Like, I had shared a story before where my granddaughter had said to me when she was three that she was supposed to be my kid. And I did something to my tummy so I couldn't have any more kids. So she had to find my son so she could get to me. And all of this stuff. And, and that's an example of a soul group. She has known from the beginning. And, you know, her mom even teases that there's no genetic component, but she is definitely my kid. And to which I say, sorry, Angela, <laughs> but she's going to be a great adult. Um, that's an example of a, a soul level, soul group thing. Or when kids tell you about their travels that they've had, like listen to them because if you are blessed to have a younger child in your life, ask them if they've known you before um, and and see where they go with that because it can blow your mind um, and it could maybe affirm that there is more to this than having a birthday on uh, a certificate and then having a dash and then having a date on another certificate and then you're just complete. So... Uh, it continues on and on. So this has been about soul groups. I hope it will help you to consider how you walk through your life. And I hope it brings some ease because a lot of the times, the more we know about this process and if it resonates with you, it'll bring some ease to it. And then maybe it'll help you to not try to make relationships work but actually be in relationships. Thank you for listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. As always, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Leave a review and take a minute to share it with a friend. You can find me all across social media at, at Coach Vicki Baird, and you can book a virtual session with me from wherever you are in the world at vickibaird.com slash booking. That's V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D dot com slash booking. Thank you again and see you on the next episode. VickiBear.com It's time to be your best It's time to reconnect With your first sense Trust in your gut, it's the real thing Let's see what your future brings Time to let the fun commence Intuition, your